Hey everyone, this is Matt with a long overdue overflow podcast about the goodness of God. And it's been a while, but the last pod we looked at were reasons why not to worry. Worry is one of the most pointless actions in our life. And God doesn't do it, so why should we? John 14, 1, Jesus says, don't be worried. And so what do I do instead of worrying? He says, believe in God and believe in me. Now, how do you do that? Because every time you worry is a wasted second of your life. It's wasted energy. And Jesus said it doesn't change anything. It's unreasonable. It's unhelpful. It's unnatural. It's unbelief. It's unhealthy. So how do I trust God for my needs instead of worrying about them? And the Bible says it's pretty simple. You just do these four things. It's not a one-time thing, but you need to rather do these four every single day so that you don't worry. So let's just jump right in. Number one, every day, ask him to be your shepherd. We're going through Psalm 23, which is like the antidote to worry. We're looking at his goodness. And that's how Psalm 23 starts. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want, or I shall not be in lack. Every day, you have to ask Jesus to be your shepherd. And if I ask him to be my shepherd, he's going to lead, feed, and he's going to meet my needs throughout the day. He's going to forgive my misdeeds, and he's going to help us succeed if you trust him. So what do you do? Well, before every morning, before you get out of bed, when you're first waking up in the morning and you're praying to God and you're giving him your day, which I think is one of the most important things that you can do throughout the day, it's also the easiest just before your day begins, before you roll out of bed, to make sure you roll out on the right side of the bed, you say, Lord, I give you this day. You're my shepherd. I'm expecting you to feed me, to lead me, and to meet my needs. Help me to succeed. Forgive my misdeeds that I'm about to do, and I will trust you. So start every day with that before you leave the bed. Every time you go into a meeting, if you need to, say, Lord is my shepherd. Very simple. You got a parent-teacher conference you're nervous about. The Lord is my shepherd. You're going into a meeting where you're going to hear things that you don't want to hear. The Lord is my shepherd. You don't know what you're going to do about a major decision to make. The Lord is my shepherd. You might have to say it 10 to 15 times a day. But you start sowing it, your worry will go down. See, every time you start to worry, you need to say the Lord is my shepherd. I'm asking Jesus to feed me, to lead me, to meet my needs. And I'm not going to worry because Jesus promises to take care of us. In John 10, verse 14 and 15, Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. And he's going to lay his life down for his sheep. He gives his life for you. If he loved you enough to die for you, he certainly loves you enough to take care of your daily needs. Psalm 28, 9. Every day we need to pray this prayer that David prayed. Come, Lord, save us and bless us. Be our shepherd and always carry us in your arms. No better place to be than in his arms. You remember when you were a kid or you have little kids and you're, you know, you go out to an event, a picnic, a hike, you go hunting or fishing or to an amusement park or to the beach or something. And you get tired at the end of the day and then you want your parents to carry you because your little legs gave out. You know, that happens to us throughout the week, actually. And sometimes we get so worn out, we say, God, I don't think I can put one foot forward in front of the other. I need you to carry me right now. Take me home. 
Jesus says, I'm your shepherd. I'll take care of you. I'll bless you. I'll protect you. I'll save you. I'll guide you. I'll direct you. I'll discipline you when you need it. I'll defend you. I'll do all these things. And that's what Jesus does for us every day. So ask him, will you be my shepherd? That's the first thing that we need to do throughout the day. So instead of worrying, we trust in Jesus. Second, we give Jesus first place in every area of our lives. Now, if you're a believer, you've you've already given him first place in your life. You've already asked him to forgive you of your sins. You've asked him to be number one. But there's different parts of, of your life that aren't that may not be under his control. When you say, Jesus, come into my house, you you need to say, you know, have have the whole house. You got access to the bedroom. You have access to the kitchen, to that closet over there where there's a lot of kinds of stuff that I've hidden. You got access to the garage where I store stuff that's junk, to the living room and to the dining room. It's all yours. Take over the whole house. Not, yeah, God, I just want you to get me into heaven. I just want you to forgive my sins. Forget about the rest. You can stay in the hallway. <laughs> no, we have to we have to give area every area of our life to him. Matthew 6, 31 to 33 says, Your heavenly father already knows perfectly well what you need. Any need you mention to God, he already knows. You will never want to hear a surgeon say when you're lying on a table, oops. <laughs> God never says, oops. God never says, well, I didn't know that. I didn't see that one coming. God knows you your needs better than you do. You've got needs you don't even know, God says. Man, that's a big need. They don't even see it. You, you, you may be blind to it. We all have blind spots. God knows your needs better than you do. Anytime you come into contact with God with a need, he's not going to go, whoa, I didn't see that one coming. He knows it because he made you. God allows needs in your life so you'll come to him so he can answer that need, so you'll trust him. You get a need and then you ask God to meet that need. You cry out, God, help. And you know what? He meets that need. And then you trust God more and it happens again and again. And you do that circle thousands of times where you cry out to God for help with a need and you learn to trust God. And the more you do that, the more you trust God, the less you worry. It's, it's a great cycle. The problem is we have to get started. And once we start doing it, it becomes a habit and we start to get into it and we start to get used to it. And we're like, okay, I got this because you know what? I give this to God and he takes care of it. Not that he will or that he won't. He takes care of you. See, anytime you worry, worry is like a warning light that that particular area of your life, you have not given him first place. Every time you worry, you're going, oh, that's an area where God isn't number one. And any area where God isn't number one, you're going to worry about it. See, if God is first place in no area of your life, you got everything to be worried about. You might hold on to a couple areas. God, you can have the whole house except the bedroom. And then you're going to worry about that area. God, you can have a whole house except the kitchen. Then it's going to be that area. It's a sign that he's not number one. It's an indication that you've got mixed up values. And one of the hardest areas for parents to put God first is their kid's room. I remember for me, my kids were, my middle daughter was one year old. She wasn't breathing. And I realized how much I need Jesus. And I'm on the in the ambulance with my little girl who's not breathing. 
they gave her medicine and she passes out and we're in the ambulance and, and they have her hooked up and they're trying to help her breathe. And I'm, you know, this is my worst nightmare. You know, what can you do? So I'm sitting next to my daughter holding her while we're in the ambulance and I get to the emergency room. And finally, when we pull up, I'm, you know, I can't do anything. And I'm worrying sick about it. And, and I'm thinking, what can I do by worrying? And so I said, you know what, God, the only thing I can do is trust you. So I put her in God's hands. And I said, you know what? I'm going to trust you. I'm just going to not worry. And he took care of her. And ever since that moment, I really haven't worried that much about my kids. Because I said, you know what? I can't do anything. So whenever something bad happens or whenever something happens, I just pray and say, God, I give them to you. Please take care of them. When I was writing this, my right as I was writing this, I got a phone call from my, my daughter, the same one who stopped breathing back way back when she was one. She said her school was locked down and there was a th credible threat in the school. So all of a sudden, as a parent, you know, you get worried. So I said, I just stopped and I'm with my wife and, and I just say, you know what? It's in, I can't do anything. Worrying isn't going to help. I'm just going to give her over to God. And I stopped and I didn't worry from that point on. Was I concerned? Sure. But everything worked out. But it's kind of scary with all the incidents in schools lately and it's hard to just send your kids off to school not knowing what's going to happen. But when you make Jesus number one in every single area of your life, it really simplifies your priorities. It also gives you a whole lot less worry to worry about. Now, as long as you love anything else in your life more than God, that area is going to become a source of worry for you. Just count on it. It's going to become a source of stress, a source of insecurity. If you love it more than God, you're going to be victimized by worry and anxiety. And eventually everybody, everybody casts to the side, you and me and everybody else, what am I going to live for or who am I going to live for? Whatever that answer is becomes your Lord. And some of you, your job is your Lord. For some of you, your marriage is your Lord. For some of you, your children is your Lord. Those are all good things. Nothing wrong with them. They just don't deserve God's place. And when anything takes the place that God has, it's an idol and it creates stress and it creates worry and it creates insecurity. You know, one of the things that we worry about as a people the most is money. And what I've discovered is that no matter how much or how little you've got of it, you still worry about it. Everyone worries about money. If you don't have it, you worry about getting it. If you've got it, you worry about keeping it, saving it, spending it, investing it, protecting it. God says, I don't want you to worry about that. I'll take care of all your needs. So every day, you want to get rid of worry? Ask Jesus to be your shepherd. Say that as many times of a day as needed. Then give him first place in every area of your life, every room in your house of life that you have. And here's the third thing that God wants to say to you. And we're going to cover it in much more detail in the next pod, but it's relax. Relax and give him your worries in prayer. Look at all the things that God has done for you and your life that are good. I said, make a list of all the good things God has done for you. And when you start getting down, pull out the list and read, wow, God's really done 
a lot for me. The freedom I have, the brain that I have, my eyes that can see, my ears that can hear, all of the many things that we take for granted every day. Make a list of the blessings, but sometimes you know what you need to do? You need to make a list of the worries. Yeah, you heard that right. Usually you people, you know, hear, oh, take care of the blessings or you write out the blessings. But you know what? I want to tell you, you need to also write out the worries. Why? Because sometimes we just feel a little anxious. I have this general anxiety. I feel a little uptight, a little nervous, and I don't know really what's causing it. Well, you can just say, God, I give you my generalized worry. <laughs> that, that doesn't really help. What is it that's really bugging me? Am I worried that someone's going to disapprove of me? Write that down. Am I worried that my kids don't care for me? Write that down. Am I worried that I'm going to be rejected? Write that down. Am I worried that I'm going to be insecure and not have enough? Write it down. Am I worried that I'm going to be lonely the rest of my life? Write it down. Write them all down. And then you give God your worries and you say, here's the list, Lord. This is what I'm thinking about. Here's some of the stuff that's on my mind. And I'm not going to keep worrying about them. I'm going to give them to you. 1 Peter 5, 7 says, give all your worries and cares to God. In other words, don't stuff them <laughs> inside of you. He cares about what happens to you. Just give them to him. Remember, it's unnatural to worry. So you shouldn't swallow your worries. When you swallow your worries, your stomach keeps score. One of my favorite moments in the movie is when uh, it was in the movie Talladega Nights, which is a really crass movie, but I love the movie. It's hysterical. And one of the movies, the co-star goes up to him, to the star, and and he goes, just once I want to finish first in the race. He goes, and then the main star goes, well, if you finish first, then then what am I going to finish? He goes, you know what? Just bury it. Bury it deep down and never let it out again. <laughs> I mean, it's so funny about what not to do, you know? <laughs> Push it down. But you know what happens? Your stomach keeps score. If you swallow your worries, your stomach's going to let you know. Push it down. You're worried. Keep pushing it out of the way, and it's going to... It's like putting it under the carpet, and that that pile under the carpet gets larger and larger, and as you walk across the carpet, you're going to trip over that lump. When you're worried, you don't repress it and push it down. You don't suppress it. You don't deny it. Don't say that you're not worried. Yeah, you are. Express it to God. Confess it to God and say, God, here's my list of worries. Because if you try to push it down, it's like taking a can of Coke, shaking it up violently, and then putting it in a freezer. And what's going to happen? It's going to explode, obviously. And it doesn't just explode out the top. It's going to explode out the sides. If you ever seen a can explode, it's like where the, the top hits the side. It's not where it's open, where you open it usually. It's at a really weird point. It's like the weakest point in the can. That's where it's going to ex explode out of. So whatever weakest point, it's going to come out of you sideways in your life. Whether it's a broken relationship, an explosion at work, or in other areas, we take so much worry onto ourselves and eventually it comes out. Relax and give him your worries. Say, God, here are the things I'm worried about. Matthew 6, 32. For the people who don't know God, they run after all these things. Do I look good? 
Do I feel good? Do I have the goods? Am I living the good life? Do I have the clothes? Do I have the food? Do I have the appearance? Do I have the car? Do I have the right jewelry? Do I accessorize myself and all these different things? The people who don't know God run after those things. You know, it's interesting. I looked up the word run, which is, it just, in Greek, it's like frantically seeking materialism. You know, it's like going after passions, pleasures, and possessions. They're frantically seeking. It's scurrying to get about. And when I think about that first, I think, I think about running and scurrying, and it's like shopping you know, on those major shopping days, like, like right the day after Thanksgiving, or even every time I go to Costco, <laughs> people are running around afraid they're not going to get the deal. And there's a limited number of items on sale. You ever go to Costco before Christmas or before Thanksgiving? They have a table full of pumpkin pies and apple pies. And literally, I counted, there were over 400 pumpkin pies on this table. The tables were long and people were just going over there. And I watched and after 10 minutes, literally half the table was gone. I was thinking, there's over 400 pies I was like, whoa, <laughs> people were frantic. I got to get the pumpkin pie. I got to get the apple pie. And they're scurrying and they're hurrying. And you know what? That creates worry. Hurry creates worry. The faster you go in life, the more likely you are to worry. You need to slow down. You need to relax. You need to take life at a little bit slower pace. You, you worry about driving? Slow down. Go the speed limit. I know it's shocking, but it works. If you're hurrying and scurrying, you're going to end up worrying. Philippians 4, 6, and 7 says, don't worry about anything. It said, pray about everything. Don't panic, pray. Verse continues, tell God about all your needs and thank him for all he's done for you. If you do this, you'll experience God's peace, which is far more wonderful than the human mind can understand. Where Bible also calls it the peace that passes understanding. What is the peace that passes understanding? It's when you're at peace and you have no logical, rational reason to be at peace. I just lost my job. Somehow I'm at peace about it. Why? The Lord is my shepherd. You just got that dreaded word and report from the doctor, cancer. For some reason, I'm at peace about it. Because peace that passes understanding. I just found out some bad news that a dear friend of mine passed away. Somehow I'm at peace about it because the Lord is my shepherd doesn't make sense because the Lord feeds you, he leads you, and he meets your needs. That's the peace that passes understanding. And it's a witness to the world. People go, man, I want to be like that guy. I want to be like that woman. They're at peace in the middle of chaos. Anybody can be at peace in the middle of tranquility. But if you're at peace in the middle of chaos, that's the peace that passes understanding. Don't worry about it. God's peace will give you what you need. So every day, you start your day with that throughout the day. The Lord is my shepherd. Then you give him first place in every area of your life. Not just one room, but every room. And then relax. I give that worry to God. I'm not going to hold on to it. I don't think about it. I'm just going to keep loading them onto God and offloading them for me. And then fourth, trust him one day at a time. Don't try to steal the whole future into the day and bring it back. Trust him one day at a time. Matthew 6, 34 says, don't worry about tomorrow because tomorrow will have its own worries. Each day has enough trouble of its own. So true. You don't need to borrow trouble for tomorrow. 
I'm going to give you enough grace for today. I'm not going to give you the grace for tomorrow until you get to tomorrow. You don't need it today. He's saying, don't open your umbrella until it starts to rain. Stuff hasn't happened yet. Why are you worried about it? You can't change the future. You can't change the past. All you can work on is today. There are two days of every week you should never worry about. Yesterday and tomorrow. (laughs) Because you can't do anything about them. You don't worry about the future until you successfully learn to manage today. And some of you aren't doing that good of a job on that one. Why are you borrowing trouble and worrying about something that isn't, that's happening, you know, a month later? You see, when you think about it, today is the tomorrow that you worried about yesterday. So yesterday, you messed up yesterday because you're worrying about today. Today, you're messing up today because you're worrying about tomorrow. Don't do it. Take one day at a time through your life. Why? Why does God say that you should only live your life one day at a time? Well, it's because it's the only thing you can do. You can't live in the past, can't live in the future. You can only live in today. There's a couple of reasons why you should live only one day at a time. First, when you worry about tomorrow's problems, you miss all the blessings of today. Some of you, you got something coming up in a couple of weeks or a month. It's scaring you to death and you're making it worse because you're ruining every day between now and then. What is that worrying doing? It's unhelpful. It's unuseful. All those different things. You're missing today's blessings. You're so worried about retirement, you're not enjoying the present. You're missing the blessing of today. I don't want you doing that. Take it one day at a time. Parents do this all the time. We constantly try to get to the next stage. I know I did this when I was younger. Oh, I hate the diaper stage. I can't wait till I don't, they're potty trained. Oh, the terrible twos. I can't wait till they're out of that. Oh, I can't wait till they can talk to me. (laughs) You know, I kind of wish I could go back to that first stage where they're little babies and they just look at me with utter adoration in their eyes instead of what they do now when they roll their eyes as teenagers and say, and dad is, you know, doesn't understand anything. (sighs) I miss those days. I didn't take it seriously back then. No parent does. We're always looking forward to the next thing when in reality, we're not enjoying the blessing that we have. And you know what? The other reason you can't solve tomorrow's problems with today's power. When you get there, God will give you the power and the perspective and the grace and the wisdom to face whatever difficulty you will encounter. But he's not going to do that until it comes. I'm not going to give you that power Because I want you to trust me every day at a time. The Bible doesn't say, give us this day our weekly bread. No, you're to pray, give us today our daily bread. Every day, God's going to give us just enough strength to make it through the day. He wants you to depend on him one day at a time. Now, let me be clear. It is okay to plan for the future. Just don't worry about it. In fact, planning is very, very, very important. Worrying is bad. Jesus highly recommends planning. There's a whole book in the Bible about planning. It's called Proverbs. And God says it's foolish not to plan. Only a fool would go all the way through life unprepared for something you know is inevitable. You haven't made your peace with God. You know you're going to die eventually. You don't know when it's going to happen. You're not guaranteed. So if you go through life unplanned for death, well, that's a disaster. You go unplanned thinking about your life. Plan is good. We're supposed to plan. 
Worrying is bad. See, we can plan for tomorrow, but you can't live in tomorrow. You can only live in today. Now, I know that the future can often seem overwhelming, but God graciously divided it up into 24-hour segments so you don't get all the future at once. You get it 24 hours at a time. And if God gave you all the future at one time, it would overwhelm you. But you're not there yet. You're not ready for it. And you never will be. So that's why God gives it to you in little 24-hour increments. Think of your life like an hourglass. Remember, where the sand goes through the hourglass, it's all the sand. But it goes through one grain at a time. We can handle one grain at a time. But if all the sand came crashing down on us, it would just destroy us. You're going to get hit. You're going to hit the future one day at a time. You can handle it because the Lord is your shepherd. Now, let me just add here a almost like a disclaimer. If you struggle with chronic anxiety and you've had it for years and years and years, you need more than just what I'm saying in this message. You actually need a care team around you, a support team. Because if you have chronic anxiety, there's more to it than we may know that we may near realize. You may need a doctor. You need to go and get some tests done and may need some medication because it could possibly be a chemical issue. We don't understand the brain. And when people's brain chemistry is messed up, some, some people are chronically anxious, like others are chronically angry or others are chronically depressed. We need doctors and that's why they're there. So we need to get help. And second, we need a coach or a counselor. We need someone to talk about it with. And third, you need a support group around you to help you. You need at least those three things just to make it through. Because if you're having something wrong or a chemical imbalance in your mind, and for me to just say, well, just trust God. <laughs> it's like cutting off a, a wing off of a bird and saying, okay, fly now. Fly. You can't fly with one wing. You need two. So if you are struggling with chronic anxiety or one of those things, you need a team around you in addition to what I'm saying. Because sometimes we need a little bit more help. So Psalm 23 gives us what to do instead of worrying. It starts with the Lord is my shepherd. Let Jesus, your shepherd, lead you, feed you, meet your needs throughout the day and help you succeed. Second, give him first place in all the rooms in your house. And just third, relax and trust him, not worrying about yesterday or tomorrow. And then fourth, trust him one day at a time that he is there and he loves and cares for you. And that is how we can make it through the day without worry taking over our lives. Well, I hope that encouraged you today. And the next pod, we will look at the next verse in Psalms, which talks us how to relax, how to be still besides, or be quiet beside the still waters. So God bless, and I'll see you in the next pod.